Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is Refinding the Heavenly Father. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Today I want to talk about the moment of separation. The moment of separation. Do you remember the term separation, anxiety? Like little children when suddenly they lose their parent. Maybe they're at the park. Maybe the parents and the child are at the park. And all of a sudden the child goes off to pick a flower or something and the parents don't know and they keep walking and then suddenly the child after having picked a flower, looks for the parents, and they're gone. And the child experiences separation, anxiety. And so do the parents. But soon they find the child. They find the child, and the child finds them, and all is good again. Would you believe that guilt, that's right, guilt and anxiety have a basis in this separation? A separation from your spiritual parent, from your heavenly father. That's right. Augustine said it so beautifully. He said, you made us for yourself, O Lord. And our hearts are restless till they find rest in you. And even more than restless, we feel anxiety. Something is not quite right. Something is not right. And a lot of us sense that as we go through life. Yes, we go to school, we have friends, we do sports, we get a job, we get married, we have kids. We do all of the things that people do, and it's good. It's good as far as it goes, and yet something is missing. And what's missing is refinding your heavenly father. That's what's missing. Now, a long time ago, in the Garden of Eden, Adam separated from God. And when that happened, then Adam changed. And the whole human race came into existence, a race of fallen people, separated people. And then, each of us, as each of us comes into the world, we have a chance to refine our Heavenly Father. That's the great adventure. And for a long time, when we're little children and young adults and so on, well, we don't really think about it a lot. But as time goes by, then we begin to feel more and more a need for something. And what it is, is your Heavenly Father. Now I want to talk about how we become separated from God. And you will see how it happens. So you know that the whole human race became separated. But in your life, you become separated also. And how does this happen? Well, first I'll just tell you some of the ways that we become separated. We become separated when we are emotional. We become separated when we get pulled into something, something we make too important. 
We become separated when we get lost in words. Yes, people's words. We become separated when we do something that is not right. And we don't want to admit it. We become separated when we are ambitious, when we move excitedly, angrily, resentfully, hurriedly, worriedly. All of those are ways of separating from God. But fundamentally, there has to be a finding of him and knowing how to get in touch with him and touch base with him. Then when you have done that, then you can begin to take note of all the little things in your life that keep you or foster a state of separation. We will talk about that in this program. I'm a man with a microphone, so I, people ask, no, I don't have a church. I do not have a church. All that would do is cramp my style, and besides, I want to set you free, not tie you down with more church, more doctrines, more obligations, more labels. People say, I'm a this or I'm a that, or I'm a that or I'm a this. All it does is divide you up from the commonality, the brotherhood and sisterhood of humankind. That's all it does. I don't need any labels. I'm just a person. And I open my mouth and I talk. And if what I say strikes a responsive chord, then that's good. Perhaps the best way for me to begin is by talking about words, because words are a key factor in how you become separated from your spiritual roots, from your source of true life, from true motivation, and from joy, and from real purpose, and your source of creativity. You become separated from those and from love through words, through reacting to words, responding to words, getting lost in words. So how you approach words is very, 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 very important. So on this program, I'll focus on words. In many other programs, I've talked about emotions, for example, anger and resentment. I've talked about hypnosis, getting caught up in things and people. Today, I want to focus on words. Now, let's see why we are subject to words, we humans. You know why? Well, it, bega it began in the Garden of Eden. Adam became separated from God. And how did that happen? Because he hearkened to the words that were spoken by his wife. But her words were coached by the serpent. They were words that uh, tempted Adam to think about doing things on his own. So they were words that pushed him or tempted him or seduced him. There's the term. See, the words that were spoken were about being great through knowledge, 
And don't you hear people talk about becoming great, successful, happy through knowledge, solving all their problems through knowledge, getting rich through knowledge, having the easy life through knowledge, being popular through knowledge? Of course. It's the same, the same snake in the grass today operating through uh, various people as it was then. But anyway, the serpent talked about becoming great through knowledge. Remember? Well, Adam kind of liked what he heard. He said, hey, tell me more. So he gave himself to the words. He gave in to the words. He yielded to the words. In other words, he was seduced by those words. And when he was seduced, there was a subtle turning within him. His soul inclined, let's put it that way, inclined toward those words and toward the source of those words. See, the source of those words would be a leading spirit that could lead him to his wish fulfillment, to becoming great, to become admired, to become respected, to become rich or powerful or popular or whatever it is that he wanted. And so those words led him to that spirit. So he gave himself to the words. He was seduced by the words and he fell into the words. And he immersed himself in the words and the, and the word pictures that were generated in his mind. And uh, you know the rest of the story. Well, can you see that when Adam fell, he became subject to that to which he fell. See, before he was subject to God, and only God. But after he fell, he became subject to that to which he fell. You see? And not only to the, the spirit behind the words, but to the words themselves. He became subject to those words. So, what is the proof that the Garden of Eden story is true? Well, one of the proofs is the fact that you are sensitive to words. I mean, stop to think about it. If someone says that you're a jerk, or someone calls you a fool, or someone says you're stupid, see, how do you react? Well, you react with anger. You become upset, see. You get your feelings hurt, or you become angry. But you react to their words, what they say about you. How about when somebody says something behind your back? You find out that some of the other people at school or somewhere or at work are saying something about you that's not nice. You are outraged. You are resentful. You are angry. See? And you feel what? Pride, anger. I'll show them. I'll prove to them, etc. Or hurt feelings. After all I've done, after all I've done for them. See? But it, it promotes pride and resentment. See? So you, ver you are so sensitive to words, you easily, are, you easily fall to them. And people can get to you by words, can't they? Very easily. All they have to do is tell you that you're stupid or something like that. Or... How about if they tell you that you are awesome? You are awesome. Why? You're walking around on cloud nine. 
See, even though you know it's not true, you know you're not awesome. Notice how it makes you feel. Notice how it puffs you up. Notice how you like it. When somebody praises you, tells you how smart you are. So, I don't think I need to belabor the point. In your current fallen condition, you are very sensitive to words. And all someone has to do is use words in the right way. Words that upset you and make you angry. Or words that puff you up and make you feel great. Either way. See? You are subject to them. And they get inside of you, don't they, those words? Well, now you understand. But now, what are words? Words are just words. They're just sounds in the air. But they're a substitute for the wordless word. They're a sub substitute for the inner wordless word of God. What you know in your heart, wordlessly. They substitute for intuition. And you become more subject to words. You believe more in words. You're more moved by words, more affected by words than you are by your own intuition from God, your conscience from God, the wordless word from God. Are you with me? You see the separation? Do you see the separation? So as soon as you incline toward words and are seduced by words and fall into the words and think about those words and the person who said them, well, you become subject to the words and the person and the spirit behind them. And you're no longer subject to God. It's that simple. Augustine said it so beautifully. He said, you made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless till they find rest in you. Did you know that my most popular book is The Myths and Mysteries of Marriage, a spiritual and practical look at relationships. My favorite chapter is How to Forgive and Forget. The Myths and Mysteries of Marriage. Check it out at Amazon.com or SheddingShackles.com. Are you experiencing stress, anxiety, or unhappiness? Do you feel weighed down by the past? Stay tuned for a special message from Roland Trujillo, host of the Shedding Shackles radio program. For over 25 years, Roland Trujillo has been helping people shed the shackles of unhappy memories, consisting of upset, hurt feelings, and negative emotions that bind them to the past. Over the years, many people have listened to and benefited from Roland's positive message. Perhaps you, too, can discover the secret to becoming free from the past and moving forward to live a new life of joy and purpose. And now, here is your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Welcome back to Shedding Shackles. Shedding Shackles is supported by contributions from listeners like you. To view our many free resources and make a contribution, visit SheddingShackles.com.
I want you to see two things. First of all, I want you to see that you are inherently subject to words. When you were a little child, if your mother criticized you or said that you were a burden to her or said that you were not good, not helpful, like your sister, and so on, or when other kids teased you, you were inherently subject to those words. You're born that way, so I want you to see that because you are of the lineage of Adam and Eve, so that's, that's the way you're born. You can't help that. You cannot help the lineage. You can't help being subject to words and sensitive to words any more than, than a, a, a cat can avoid, you know, being subject to the rain outside. Or See what I mean? You're subject to words. That's your nature. That's your fallen nature. See? A rebellious nature, a naughty nature, an emotional nature, a sensitive to words nature. That's what you inherit. But remember what we said in the beginning, that the great mystery of life and the secret of life and the purpose, one of the purposes of life is to refine your Creator, your Heavenly Father, and become His child and subject to Him, and sensitive to Him, and loving Him, and caught up in Him. See? And His Word, His wordless Word, His voiceless Word, what you know in your heart comes from Him. He makes you aware of what's right. When you were a little tiny child, you knew what was right. If someone was being unfair, you saw it. Very clearly, no one had to teach you. You didn't have to go to a, a college class to see that if someone was being nice, nice to one child and mean to the other, there was something unfair about that. You simply saw it. You knew what was right in your heart, and you saw injustice. But what has happened is that through words and through emotions and through reacting, emotionally, especially to words, things people say and imply, you have become more sensitive to the outside and your emotions rise up and you lose track of your delicate moment-to-moment -moment guidance, moment-to-moment -moment promptings of intuition. You lose track of it and instead you get caught up in words and word pictures in your mind and feelings. See? Well, so how are you going to find your way back to God? Well, may I recommend a very simple thing. You have to kind of hear that what I'm saying is, is true. You have to kind of like what, where I'm coming from. You have to kind of like what I'm saying. And you have to kind of say, yeah, that's right. See? And you sort of have to have an attitude of being willing to admit you're wrong if you should discover that you're wrong. And that's kind of what you're discovering right now. You're you're kind of standing back as I speak. You kind of mentally stand back and say, yeah, you know what, Roland's right. I, I'm awfully sensitive to what people say and what they imply. And I know I shouldn't be, but I am. Well, there you are. Now you're closer to the truth and you're seeing the, the truth. But now you also realize that there's nothing you can do about it. You can't change yourself. So what are you going to do? Well, you have to find a way to become subject again, to your Creator. You, you need to stand back. Remember in the Old Testament, there was a most beautiful phrase. They talked about being in the bosom 
of God. And Paul, in the New Testament, he often wrote about being in the Spirit and walking in the Spirit. Because when you're caught up into the Spirit and you're walking in the Spirit, there's a distance. See, you're able to stand back then in the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, closer to God, closer to intuition. You mental, you've mentally stood back. You're standing back, and now you can see the words, and you can let them go in one ear and out the other. You can hear what people are saying. Let it go in one ear and out the other. Instead of reacting, becoming upset. Now you have objectivity. That's the beginning. That's the beginning of your salvation from words. See, but here's the thing. Just hearing about religion, hearing about God, hearing about Jesus, is not enough. You have to experience Him in your innermost being. And what's blocking you right now from experiencing Him is undoubtedly resentment and being lost in your thoughts, lost in your daydreams, and lost in your worries and doubts and fears. And so you have to learn how to stand back from those so you can get clear of them, okay? And that's why I've made a little meditation, too. I've made a little meditation that has been very, very helpful to some people. It's been very helpful to me. And I think uh, could be just what, what you need if you really and truly want to get better. I think you can see that you were inherently subject to tease and people's words when you were a little child, and you became emotionalized that way. You became more and more emotional until you were a teenager and a young adult. You were very emotional. And I think you can also see that even if you're a young adult yourself right now, you can see that as you mature, you, you should become less emotional calmer, steadier. You can see that that's the superior way, isn't it? It doesn't mean not caring. It doesn't mean cold and indifferent. It simply means less emotional and more matter-of-fact. And so that's the way you must become. Because now, here's another way of looking at it. See, in all of your emotions, your upsets and your angers and your passions and your swooning to music and your drugs, your marijuana and the words of other people and getting caught up in gossip and all of that stuff, why you, you think that you care. You think that you are more of a human, but you're less of a human. And it becomes obvious when you have kids because your kids can see that you're all caught up in things. Your kids can see that you you're not really listening to them, or they can see that you're talking at them instead of to them. They can see that you miss the, that you get things wrong. You make a big deal over things that aren't important, the things that really are important. You dismiss, and you become indifferent to what's truly important. That's right. Remember the Old Testament ver definition of sin was to miss the mark, like you know, like if you're 
You know, like if you're an archer and you're shooting the arrow at the bullseye, it's missing the mark. So you miss the mark a thousand, thousand, thousand different ways with your kids. You get things wrong. You're impatient. Your timing is off. Your, your tone of voice is off. What's, what's really important, you miss. So, and why is that? It's because of your being lost in words and emotions and selfish thoughts and goal setting and worries and thinking about yourself and what you want to do. You miss the mark. But if you could stand back and be less concerned about those things that aren't important at all and let people's words go in one ear and out the other, now you're free, free to see what's really important and to care about it. Now I would like you to listen to this little announcement about my book, one of my books, called Putting the Forever Back in Love. Because much of what I have just talked about, you'll see in that book. Are you interested in improving your relationship with your partner? Or how about improving your relationship with your kids if communication is not so good? Okay, and then how about getting rid of hurt feelings and misunderstandings and so on? Well, then you really ought to read one of my books about relationships and about marriage. And one of the ones that I don't talk about a lot, I should talk about more, is my book called Putting the Forever Back in Love. Oh, what a wonderful book. It's, it's over 300 pages, Putting the Forever Back in Love. I talk about how to improve your relationship, what to do if your wife asks you to leave, how to forgive and forget, okay? How to stay married for a long time and live happily ever after. How to develop character and learn to bear suffering and grow from it, okay? And how to have understanding when you deal with other people, okay? And how not to judge your husband so much and how not to resent your wife. Well, may I recommend you get Putting the Forever Back in Love. Just visit SheddingShackles.com or TalkToAPastor.org and you can preview it for free. It's also on Amazon. Putting the Forever Back in Love. I think you'll really enjoy it. It's a beautiful book and if you kind of like what I've been saying then and you want to improve your relationship with your beloved family then you might want to get the book. It's a good read. It could be very helpful. And if you're going to be patient with others and not hate them and not resent them and not judge them, why not start with your own family? Until next time, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise, I'll see you then. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Shedding Shackles with your host, Roland Trujillo. Now you can listen to Roland anytime by logging on to www.sheddingshackles.com. You'll find lots of free, helpful information, and you can also order materials or make a donation by using your credit card. Once again, the web address is sheddingshackles.com. Please remember that Shedding Shackles is listener-supported. Thank you.